Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Welcome to The Afterlight. Lauren here, and I'm joined today by Jared Beanie. He's the founder of Organ Effects Australia and the foremost Australian expert in the development of electromagnetic radiation, also known as EMR, harmonizing products. He's a well-respected and internationally renowned intuitive building biologist with 21 years experience and research into EMF beyond the normal. Jared's background started in the construction industry and many years of dowsing experience, which is why he calls himself an intuitive building biologist. Jared has acute intuitive senses that have been honed over many years of practice. He's joining me today to talk about EMF spirituality and science do the two go together and how to develop your intuition and also what the hell is a intuitive building biologist jared welcome to the show thank you for being here Lauren, thanks for having me lauren so i start every single show the same it's not a very original but i think that it's important that we go back before we can go forward so can you tell me a little bit about where you're spiritual journey began have you always been an intuitive person was this something that you developed over time um how did it start it actually it did start from a particular point um it started a long time ago i was sitting down in an office at an airport which was a flying school office which my parents owned long long time ago the in the early 90s it would have been and um, they had one of those things at the airport, at the, the office where the people drop around all the books and the magazines and the toys. And you, it's an honesty system. You put your money in if you want to buy something and they come once a week and they pick out everything. Anyway, and it was a Saturday morning and the Friday beforehand, they'd re- replenish this little book stand or whatever it is. And in it was a book called The Cellstone Inventions. Sorry, the Celestine Prophecies. Oh, yeah. It's a very famous book. Everyone's written it and yes. or read it. Been around for a long time. And my little world back then was aviation, aircraft, flying. You know, I had a private license. My parents had the flying school, whatever. That's everything, family and that, and sailing. And so I picked up this book and I had this surge of energy come through. And I thought, this, this is not me, but it just seemed so homely and inviting. So I opened it up. And I started reading it. And as we know, the Celestine Prophecy is an unfolding story about a bloke who didn't know he was very intuitive and he got opened up to the intuitive world through different experiences. Mm. And it was a well-written book. It was one, one of those books that when, when, for me, when I started reading it, I just couldn't put it down. Well, that's what happened. I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. And when I started reading it, all these energies started coming through me. And I knew I'd felt those energies previously in my childhood and through my life but didn't know what they were but they were spiritually inspiring and you some people would would say that they're 
the energies or the astral astral beings around you, which are your guides or whatever, however you want to interpret it. Mm -hmm. But it was such an amazing feeling of surge of energy through me that it just inspired me to keep on reading it and reading it and reading it. I think I've read the book from front, front to back, front to back within you know, a couple of days, sporadically. And it just opened my eyes up to feeling energy and a different form of spirituality to which I, which I was brought up with, which was as a, as a Catholic. And there was none of that sort of energetic experience with the Catholic experience. This is completely different. And it just so happened that, you know, about a week later, I was in a meeting with the company I was with and there was there were three people in me meeting me, the boss, and the boss had a um a PA who was an elderly bloke named Don Bentley, who was a retired engineer. And the boss got a got distracted, he had to go out of the meeting, and then Don and I, this elderly engineer, is sitting having a chat, and he turned around and said, Um, do you know anything about UFOs? And knew nothing, but I remember when I was a kid, one Sunday afternoon one of my father's mates came around and he was a Qantas pilot and I won't say any names, but him and dad were having this little conversation about what they'd been seeing in the sky as pilots and little big ears is sitting there, probably about five or six years old going, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget that conversation. So Don's talking about UFOs and because he was right into it as it turned out, as it turned out, he was a Reiki master. He was a um, studied Indian Sanskrit he was a masseur, and when he wasn't working during the week, he wore white clothes around all the time. Actually, at his funeral, he had a white coffin. And so he opened me up to the ideas of otherworldly things, spirituality, and dowsing too. He put, presented a pendulum and said, you know what this is, and I didn't really know what it was. And he, he proceeded to douse different things in front of me, and I was fascinated. I was glued like that. Are you kidding me? the whole new world opening up and you know, after reading the book I was open to the energies and more you know how would you put it um very receptive to what he was saying because what the industry were working in was a very skeptical um engineering matter of fact type of world yes. this is completely different it was like a breath of fresh air so I, I eventually bought myself a plant pendulum I found a local crystal store down the road from where I was working, where I just absolutely loved it, loved being in there, bought hundreds of books from there, everything about spirituality, dowsing, anything like that. Yeah. Learned to taught myself to dows. Then a few years later, I, I learned how to make some very basic energy tools. And around the same time, I was introduced to members of the Victorian Dowsing Society. And they were, they were fascinated by the energy tools I was making. And I was fascinated by their dowsing skills. So they taught me a, a a few things and gave me some other tools to to play with other than a pendulum which is a pair of dividing rods and funnily enough I had made my own pair of dividing rods about four months earlier and wandered around the property I was living in not knowing what I was doing but just getting yes no answers for different energy lines and everything just sort of developed from there I developed my my, my dividing skills I developed my knowledge on building biology as in this is before any building biology schools were ever set up in Australia. And my knowledge on what they call earth magnetic grid lines and different radiation fields and, and things like that. And started consulting to friends and family and anyone who would be open to what I was into and just developed and kept on practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing the skills. Um, 
And then uh, after a while, I, I, once I really honed my skills, learned to, to start to unravel what I was feeling energetically in buildings. Because one, when you start to use, opening up your intuitive skills, you start with a tool like a, a, like a divining rod or a pendulum and things like that. After a while, if, for example, if I was doing a house consult, I'd be using my divining rods, but after a while, I'd actually feel the energy before I actually got to the energy. Then after a while, I started to not use the divining rods, didn't need them anymore. I could just walk through a house and go, that's there, that's there, that's that. So, you know, like that, so to speak. And, you know, years went by where um, I just kept on developing my skills, developing the products, developing my knowledge base. And then my knowledge base became greater than the, the general knowledge base out there in the building biology world. Um, so here we are now today. Wow. Okay. There's so much to unpack here. I'm going to ask you in a couple of minutes a little bit more about dowsing and also divining rods just for our listener at home if they aren't familiar with that. But before we get to that, I do want to kind of ask you whether or not it was a difficult transition to kind of go from an engineer to kind of all of a sudden tapping into this innate wisdom that you have into this energy into this almost you could say you you opened a door to a completely new world was it difficult to kind of navigate the way that you looked at the world previously and then seeing it with new eyes and then on that note i will say the celestine prophecy is absolutely amazing and one of the things that we know that happens when you sort of open the door is that all these people that come in to guide you along the way or support you along the way they are all of a sudden there and you never even knew so yeah tell me a little bit about navigating that it was, it was actually a breath of fresh air because the, the perception of the energies that were going through me like that first day when I opened the book and then other instances after that while I was reading that book and then other instances through my life even up to until now where that same energy has been perceived. And I had, had experienced it when I was a child and a teenager, not all the time, different things that happened. You get this burst of energy. Some people call it deja vu or whatever. And every time when I was younger, when I experienced that, I would revel in like, oh, that's really, really nice yeah. without really realizing that I was enjoying it at the same time. So when the door was opened, I was hungry for any information to talk to anyone, read anything that would give me that energetic inspiration. I'd, I'd walk into the bookshop at Equilibrium, which were in um, North Road in Auburn, which was the shop I was talking about before, which sold crystals and they're also a kinesiology supply center for all their manuals and posters and things like that. And later on, I did study kinesiologics to a certain degree and then, then had a lot of friends who were kinesiologists and developed my muscle testing skills, which is an intuitive skill too. Yeah. So I remember at Equilibrium, I'd actually scan the bookshelf and let my spiritual intuition tell me which book to buy, to read and not, not to read. And when I came to a book, which I... I I felt inspired to read. I'd pull it out and open it randomly any page and start reading. And if the, the energy was flowing, I'd go with it. If the energy didn't flow, I'd be like, no, that's not the right book for me and keep on going. Yeah, cool. So I was just hungry for it because the, the energy, that spiritual energy of, of really what it is, is a life-giving, happy, emotionally happy, uplifting energy. You can't deny it. Mm. We all get it. We have yeah. it from time to time. And we, then once you recognize what it is, you then crave it. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why there's that whole famous quote about following your bliss, because when you're following your bliss, you're in tune with the universe and the universe will deliver to you. I do want to ask you a little bit now about dowsing and divining rods. So um, when I was growing up, one of the divination tools that I used, I used angel cards, but then I also did use a pendulum. So I guess I'm wondering whether or not you feel that you need to have a divination tool of some sort to help you to tap in and listen to your intuition or not. And also, what was it that sort of drew you to a pendulum in the first place? Actually, the pendulum was the experience I had sitting there with the engineer, Don Bentley, when he pulled his pendulum out and he started to show me different things. And I was just gobsmacked, fascinated. I'd yeah. seen nothing like that before, not yeah. in my world. Um, then from there, I I must have, I don't know where I got the inspiration to make my own pair of dividing rods, but I did out of some very thick copper wire I found somewhere or bought somewhere. Um, then when I was introduced to the Dowsing Society, they then, then, introduced me to a proper pair of divining rods. Um, the divining rods definitely are using them for inspirational energy and information are extremely, extremely good tools. Like when I first started to use and really use the divining rods, I get out of bed early in the morning before anyone, like before the family got up, go stand in the kitchen, have a notepad and pen, and have all these questions written down of what I wanted to divine, which was all question and answer things. And I'd stand there for about an hour and a half before anyone else got up, just divining, getting yes, no answers, yes, no answers, and double checking, triple, triple checking, learning where the, where the pitfalls are, where, where if, you've got, if your terminology is wrong, you're going to get the, the wrong information. So you've got to be quite specific with your question to get the right answer. And then double checking, triple checking, things like that. And to tell the truth, even to this day, if there's, something that um, information that needs to come through regarding whether it's development of product or running the business or you know anything I'll still go and grab those divining rods and go sit outside on my own a lot of the information will just come through naturally but I'll, I'll use them to double check and check and triple check things yeah. um, and with a pair of divining rods which everyone knows I don't have any here with me I've got another tool I use these days called a biotensor but with the divining rods when they when you get a reaction with it you then learn to start to learn that different reactions or types of reactions mean different things and when i get an answer that's a, a very strong answer around an incredibly pertinent point which i'm or question i'm looking at they'll start spinning around in circles and they'll mm. almost be like helicopters and they'll generate an energy going up but they, they are over the I was just going to interrupt you sure. for a second, Jared, only because I haven't really talked to anybody about divining rods before. So just before I, I clarify a question with you, I just want to say for the listener at home, pendulums are primarily like a weighted sort of crystal in a specific shape on like a necklace or something that you can use to kind of tell yes or no. And then maybe no answer at the moment, you kind of hold it in it it can kind of swing in a particular direction. Can you explain a little bit about what does a divining rod look like? Because when you're talking, I'm imagining these long copper sticks, like chopsticks, and then maybe you're like moving them to a certain way, but I'm sure there's another way 
I'm sure that's not even right because I haven't really spent much time learning about divining rods. So can you explain it a little bit more? Because we sell them, we, we sell them to some some wholesale clients. We don't have them for retail. The, later on this year, I'm going to bring out a range of divining tools, which will be divining rods for retail, probably some pendulums, and especially the, the biotensor. This is my tool for measuring radiation, different energies in a house. Okay, basically a pair of divining rods are, uh, they call L rods is another term. A lot of people out there, especially maybe my age, maybe your age, may have had uh, grandparents who might have been farmers who would have used a pair of copper wire, metal, doesn't matter what they are. They're a rod that goes up and out. And the, the vertical piece is a handle. Okay. And the length the rod and they they'll have a little handle on the outside and they'll swing left and right you'll have two of them they'll move in or they'll move out like that okay so it's just sort of l shape but it's almost fluid. L rod yeah okay yep 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 l rods like if you as I, as I said some people might have had grandparents who may have worked on had farms or rural properties whatever and traditionally in the old days the farmers would use the divining rods to find water, as in water veins, to put bores in to feed feed the cattle. So they're a very they're a very old tool, very very old tool. They've been around for a long time. Like dividing something that has been around for a long time. They can be used to get yes get yes no answers when you're connecting with your higher self or whoever spirit whatever you want to talk whatever you want to perceive or explain it. And they can also be used for picking up different types of energies, like earth energies, like earth, earth magnetic grid lines and things like that. And they can also be used as a very good tool for determining the actual size of a harmful radiation field. And that's a really important thing um, because EMF meters, which, which most people use these days to pick up radiation fields, they're not actually picking them up very accurately. Whereas a pair of divining rods, they're very, very sensitive instruments. And when you get close to what I call a charged field, they'll actually cross, they'll react. And it's not the hand or the body movement doing it. It's the physics, it's the energetics of it actually causing the change in the movement of the, the divining rods to give an, a particular answer. So is that why as well, when you were talking about being able to go into a home, when you have a divining rod, you're basically able to identify where there might be a surge of energy or some movement of some kind? Yeah, exactly. Like if I was using divining rods in a, in a house, I would use them to find different energy lines, large and small, the larger, the, the more harmful, as in yeah. the, the more geopathic stress it causes on the body or the human meridian system. I'd be looking for imprints from you know people who have been emotionally unwell or physically unwell because when we where we sleep, if we're not happy and healthy, and if we're in quite a disturbed state, we leave a, what's called a bioplasmic radiation field, which is an information energy field, which is a charged field, and that charged field becomes an imprint in the space where you're sleeping. So I know that some of the work that you do, Jared, is really in line with the idea of working with EMF frequencies. I'm not particularly like aware a lot about EMF. I mean, obviously I've heard about it. People have talked to me about it. I'm wondering whether or not you can explain what EMF is exactly. How common is it? Is it just like this energetic frequency that's sort of around us and it's exasperated by 
you know, electronics? Electromagnetic fields. And what we're dealing with are the harmful, we're dealing generally with the harmful radiation fields. And those are charged fields, which means there's a field of energy that has a positive charge. And the, the physics there is that the, it's proton rich, so there's the electron stripped. So it's out of balance. So if the electron was in balance with the proton, it would be a balanced field. It wouldn't have any charge. So the charge fields, well, what they do is they present, when you're immersed with them, they, they de-energize the Chinese meridians of the body. And the Chinese meridians run all over the body, outside and inside the body, and they operate on what, what's called a negative charge resonance, which is a healthy, uplifting energy, spiritual energy in a sense. Okay. So radiation that has a positive charge depletes the meridian energy, which has a negative charge, which then means that the meridians can't supply the correct amount of energy or chi to the organs. So then the organs then can't function properly. And that's basically what's called electromagnetic stress or geopathic stress. So electromagnetic is really a term for you know, technology like you know phones or bits and pieces like that. Whereas geopathic stress is a term used for the human meridian system being compromised by charge fields which are coming from the earth, which is earth radiation. So earth radiation emanates outwards, up out of the ground, whereas um, electromagnetic fields from technology can be radially around them or depending if like, for example, a microwave oven or a digital TV creates a radiation field in front of it, so to speak. All right. So it's sort of creating a blockage within us. Is that right? Like we have our own electrical exactly. systems, negative, yeah. positives, and then these are coming in, throwing it off. Exactly. It depletes our meridian energy. And if you deplete the meridian energy, then the organs aren't going to function properly. Then the, the, the endocrine organs, if they're not functioning properly, then that's going to cause issues with hormones, hormone balances, emotional states, and, and things like that. But right. there are radiation fields that do produce a negative charge, which is what I call a radiance, which is a healthy energy. It's supportive to the meridian system. And they come from um, different imprints, like where there's been a birth, from what they call ley lines, which are energy lines like earth magnetic grid lines, which run here and there around the planet. Um, when there's no high solar winds and favorable astrological conditions, the ley lines around the planet have a really nice negative charge resonance. That's, I call that radiance, which is the opposite to radiation. So there's good and there's bad, but generally my line of work is what we're looking for are all the harmful ones. Mm -hmm. and we develop products to neutralize the harmful radiation fields, the positively charged ones, so that they then don't present a, a stress to the human meridian system than the human body. Right. Okay. I got you. So are you saying that, you know, we can get harmful EMF frequencies and please correct me if I'm not saying any of these terms correctly, because I don't really know, but you know, would we be picking up this sort of radiation frequencies from, say, our computers, our TVs, our mobile phones, um, even power stations near us? Or is it kind of like the obvious things like that? Or are there, are there also non-obvious triggers or providers of EMF? People these days, because of that, have become the most dangerous form of radiation on the planet. Mm. and it's never happened before and it's the newest form of radiation on the planet too um, that comes from the ingredients and that's something that we 
learnt about last year and couldn't say you can't say anything on our on a website about that. You know, the the those who want to to continue the narrative will come and try and shut you down with their, their false powers or whatever. Right. Um, but there are a lot of radiation fuels, yes, to answer your question, that aren't so obvious when there's uh, very high solar winds coming from the sun or when we have some, some not so good planetary retrogrades, then the whole planet, the whole earth comes under what they call geoelectric current that goes through the ground. And that current then develops earth radiation that comes up out of the ground to certain degrees above the ground. The higher the radiation projection around out of the ground, the more the intense the radiation. Mm -hmm. And they're things that a lot of people are aware of, but they don't know exactly what the source is, yeah. but they will be aware of because I'll wake up on, on a certain day when this is, is occurring. And it's, it's, it's generally through times of say when, the, when they, well, a common one is Mercury retrograde. And a lot of people who follow astrology will know when the Mercury retrogrades are on. They go, oh, don't, don't travel, don't, don't do anything with finances, don't do this, don't do that. Because when Mercury retrogrades on going, the energies of the planet are quite disturbing. Yeah. And they can be disturbing to people emotionally. So when people wake up and they go, oh, I'm, I didn't wake up great and I'm having a bit of a bad day and it feels like everything, I'm just, just moving through sludge. There's no, there's no flow. Mm. They're the sensitive ones who are picking up on the geoelectric current going through the ground caused by the astrological events or when the the sun has sunspots facing directly at us at the at, at the earth mm -hmm. those sunspots sunspots can be huge can they, they can be many times the size of planet earth sending a plasma charge directly at the at, at us and that's called a solar wind or there might be what they call a coronal mass ejection you might have one a month or one or two a month, depending on what's going on. And when you have this high sun activity, that also creates a geoelectric current through the ground and earth radiation coming out of the ground, which puts everyone under geopathic stress, which affects them physically and emotionally. It's another, another cause of unknown, generally not recognised forms of radiation. It's not like, you know, that's obvious. Your phone is obvious. This is um, yep. beyond, as the beyond comes in. You no one knows, but people can perceive it, especially the sensitive ones, mm -hmm. or, or especially the emotionally sensitive ones. Or even um, those people who are very spiritually tuned in and do a lot of meditating, they'll, they'll, not, they'll find that they'll, they'll get up some days in the morning if, they, if they're morning meditators, and they'll find that they'll go straight into it, the energies will be flowing great, and they'll have a great meditation. They'll, they'll get up on other days, and they'll go, hmm, things are a little bit uncomfortable now they might need to do their pre-meditation stretches or the, the yoga exercise a little bit more to really deflag the body because of the body's being bombarded probably by this stuff all night long while they've been sleeping and that's when the energies aren't in balance and then they, they'll take a little bit longer to get into that zone because those energies are actually working against them we actually sell a meditation sheet, which is an energized meditation sheet we call Kavalia, which is an Indian Sanskrit name. And we got the inspiration from that, from reading books like Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. And in his book, which is a fantastic autobiography, he talks about, and in others, other Indian stuff I've read, um, Kriya Yoga, they talk about how the traditional way of meditating was on a deer skin with a another fabric to, to insulate the body from the earth currents, which would drag the energy down. 
those earth currents I'm talking about were the geoelectric currents. All right, so I just want to summarize this a little bit for our listener at home, just because if you're not familiar with this concept or some of the words that you're using, I think it can be sometimes a bit confusing. So can you just tell me whether or not I've understood this, Jared? So basically, we know that energy is a real thing. We know that we have energy within us. We know that there's positive and negative energy. And we also know that the earth has an energy, the planets provide an energy, and then all these electrical devices, um, all these things that we, you know, even eat, inject in our body, everything is made up of different energies. So if there's an imbalance of negative energy or radiation or harmful energy within us, that becomes a problem. And one of the issues is that people can have problems with their organs, they can have problems with their emotions, they can feel sluggish. There are all of these factors that could be influenced by energy surrounding us, even though we may attribute it to something else like, oh, I didn't sleep well, or I, or I drank too much last night, or I ate, ate something that didn't sit with me. But it could, in fact, be the environment that we're in, and there could be some sort of an imbalance within that. Now, you have taken the time to sort of understand a lot about this energy and an overabundance of the energy and what, what causes it and also how to sort of deal with it. And you've invented a whole bunch of tools, including the one that you were mentioning um, to me before, which is the biotensor, which is like a long pole with kind of an interesting sort of piece of circular um, wire at the end, and I know I'm watching this, and so you can correct me in just a second, to sort of help to balance the energies so that people are not unbalanced. Is that kind of like a quick general dumbed down version exactly. of the what, you, what, what we're saying here? Yeah, the biotensor is a tool I use. I actually didn't develop that. That was actually developed by a Germans, uh, German scientist called Joseph Oberbach, who died early this century. But the I did have developed, you know, I developed these tools, started developing these tools 20, over 21 years ago, a range of radiation harmonizers, like the Stellodome, which I've just shown you then before. They've got a range of about 20, 25, 26, 27 products, um, which all have specific um, um, uses for different types of radiation for different types of devices in different different situations. So okay. I've got them for whole house or a whole property. I've got uh, pendants, which we wear, which actually haven't got one on today. Um, when we're out and about to protect ourselves from different sources of radiation, when we're in, when we're in a shopping center or, or amongst other people, if you're close in amongst a lot of people, I've got them for mobile phones, which is a very important one. I've been making mobile phone radiation harmonizers for over 20 years. I think mm. I was one of the very first in Australia, if not the world. Um, We've got them for cars. We've got them for, for computers, for laptops, for, for uh, watches like Apple watches, which I, I love the Apple watches and things like that. But your electronic watches, they block the meridian system of the body and generally cause thyroid issues. So we've got them for those electronic watches and things like that. So yeah, it's a range of energy balances depending on the situation and the location and the technology you're using. Okay, so why is it that that EMF and radiation is not more commonly spoken about? Is it because it's difficult to understand? 
or is it because there's revenue to be made in these industries or they don't want to scare people or is it just not that big of a deal if you're not super sensitive to it and maybe you're not maybe you're living in the country and you're not on a sensitive line and maybe you're not sensitive to energy in the same way well it's actually these days compared to say 15 years ago the the emf awareness is actually quite quite high a lot of people are very very aware it started really from the initial awareness of the dangers of mobile phones which probably reared its head probably 20 years ago mm -hmm. then in australia it was the advent of the smart meter there was a lot of negative things said about smart meters when they started to be installed there actually there a lot of things said about smart meters which, which were not true by people yeah trying to make a lot of money out of selling like all shielding materials and things like that mm. to protect from something which actually wasn't as harmful as what they were claiming. But with the internet and the media, although the media these days, as we know, are very selective on what they do want to talk about, but, but the internet and what's called the internet media, so to speak, um, the awareness around radiation has been, has is huge these days. And you know, as from three or four years ago, you know, 5G became a big thing. And again, there's a lot of misinformation out there about 5G. Um, a lot of fear mongering, a lot of people like to, who have not, not got the knowledge, I call them armchair experts, who will run around saying things about smart meters and 5G and things like that, which is completely not true. And they create so much fear in people. And one of my favorite sayings, the most pertinent sayings is, fear, fear of radiation is more harmful than the actual radiation itself, yeah. the emotional stress that some people will go into around fear around radiation is enough to actually put them in the grave. If you have a negative belief system about something and if it's so pent up and it's so confused and it's such a heavy, dark energy, it will turn your body energy the wrong way. Everything starts spinning the wrong way. Mm. All your meridian system shut down yet. Your, your energy centers, which is your nerve complexes, which is basically your chakras, the nervous energy is just going to drain away or we're going to have the wrong charge through that. And you'll get sicker and sicker and sicker with a, with a negative belief system. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. Let's talk a bit about 5G for a minute. And I know that, you know, we're kind of talking on these topics really almost on a superficial, superficial level because you've been spending over 20 years of your life on this stuff. It's not very easy for us to summarize this kind of work in an hour. So I yeah. just want to kind yeah. of say that right now, that these are subjects that definitely are worth more time spent on them than the hour that we have today. So um, you know, we will definitely find out how to get in touch with you for our listener at home to find out more if they want to learn about this stuff. And we will definitely talk today too, as well about lots of the different inventions that you've made, because I'm fascinated to know about that. But you did mention 5G, how there's some miscommunications, some misinformation out there about 5G. Can you kind of explain, is 5G a problem? What is it exactly? Yeah. Okay. Well, 5G is our, how would you put it? It's the mobile phone and, and mobile data communication system these days, which is delivering higher speed um, to more people because what we, 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 were, we were using, which is 4G, which we're still using, 
was just running out of, of speed and, and availability to the amount of people who want to access the internet these days and communications. So with 5G, like the 4Gs, 4G with mobile phones, they, we have the, our towers. And with, but with 5G, there's two different types of 5G. We, we could almost say there's three now, but we'll just stick with the two. And so there's the 5G, which is installed onto the original, the, the, the 4G towers, mobile phone towers here, there and everywhere around, scattered around the country, around the world. Then the other type of 5G is where they install the 5G antennas into what they call, and the industry in Australia calls it smart poles. All a smart pole is, is a um, light pole, which is all, which are our telegraph poles, which run up and down our streets everywhere, or they're just purely for lighting only. And they, the 5G in what they call the street lights, the microcell antennas, which go into the street lights, they are actually the real 5G danger. And that is because when they install a 5G streetlight network, they go into a suburb and suburb de, uh, suburbs are denilliated by main roads. So if you look on Google Earth at any suburb and if you move or change your filters around to a certain way, you'll see that suburb is, is bound by that road, that road, that road, that road, and that road. So they go into that suburb and if the streetlights have not already been converted to LED streetlights because all the, the smart poles or the 5G streetlights are LED. And a lot of councils around the world, especially here in, in Victoria, Melbourne, have been doing it for the last few years because there's also a, um, a power saving, less greenhouse gas type of thing associated with, with the installation of them also. So they'll go in and they'll They'll change the streetlights over to the new LED streetlights and they'll install the microcell antennas. And then one, then one in every five or six um, streetlights, I'll put up a repeater station, which is a white box with two antennas hanging off them. And they'll turn the system on so that everyone in that suburb can get high-speed internet, great use with their 5G phones. Everything works fantastic. No MBN slow problems or issue like that. Not having a go at MBN, but it has been a bit of an issue. Even yeah. The problem with that is that when they have all these antennas so close together and they're 20 to 30 metres apart, you get a geoelectric current or a localised geoelectric current being generated through the ground throughout that suburb. And I'm not saying that some of the buildings in the, that suburb may, may not have may not have already had geoelectric current because if you've had a death on a property, you'll get geoelectric current. If you're in some commercial buildings, you'll get geoelectric current. So there's other, other, other ways of generating it. But the whole suburb will come under geoelectric current. And then within that suburb, you'll get the, the subsequent earth radiation, which will rise out of the ground to about, to about a metre and a half out of the ground outside. But every single building within that, that suburb with the 5G streetlights, every single building gets engulfed in radiation charge. Then on top of that, what's called geoelectric grid lines, which are earth magnetic grid lines, which are about two metres wide and they're walls of energy that rise vertically up, they will start emanating out of the ground and the charge or the amount of geopathic stress you experience within the grid line, it will be more severe than outside the grid line. Although outside the grid line, you'll be under quite a lot of uh, geopathic stress because the whole building's engulfed in radiation charge. The natural ley lines, which I was talking about before, they get knocked out because the positive charge overrides the, the negative charge from the ley lines, so they don't exist anymore. 
any small bodies of water like lakes and rivers and dams and things like that which and water generally has a negative charge but can be is ultimately influenced by its environment around it so all those little water bodies and lakes and rivers whatever in that zone with the 5g straight light their, their, the frequency of the water goes from negative charge to positive charge, negative being good, positive being bad. So what happens is that if you were living in, in a suburb and you had a ley line running through your house and you had um, you know, nice garden plants, plants give off nice energies or negative charges, everything was spiritually aligned and, and beautiful of the house. When they come along and turn that 5G on, in the streetlights, everything that you've done to create an energy spiritual sanctuary in your house just goes out the door. And even and we've we've even been to um, suburbs in Australia which have got the five G streetlights because guess what? In Victoria, in Melbourne, there's none, none at all. In Sydney, Canberra, especially Canberra, um, Brisbane, Perth, and Adelaide, they've been setting up five G streetlight suburbs since about. I think early mid 2018, if I'm if I'm right, although the 5G streetlight rollout stopped at the beginning, just before the beginning of the COVID pandemic, which is interesting, but that may start up again. Anyway, so that's the dangerous 5G. The human meridian system is completely depleted because the bodies, no matter where where you go within that suburb, the body's under constant geopathic stress. Um, that's a dangerous one that I can talk about anywhere and no one can refute me. No fact checker can come along and say it's a lot of rubbish because I'm not the first one to, to pick, work out what's going on. The very first um, 5G streetlight suburbs constructed in the world, I think was in the UK, a city called Gateshead. And when they turned those lights on, or turned those, that system on there, everyone got sick really quickly. And the English people living in that particular town, they they kicked and screamed and they jumped up and down and um, complained to the council, to the telcos, to the government. There were court cases over uh, radiation harm. There's all sorts of things. That, that was, I think, in 2017. So I'm, what I'm saying is not unusual. It's just what's actually going on. The other 5G is what I, what I spoke about before, and that is in the mobile phone towers. Well... A mobile phone tower, if, if you were able to get within 10 metres of the actual panels, which are the antennas, you'd come under severe electromagnetic stress because it's a charged field coming from the panel. The towers are general, generally up high and you can't get near those panels, but a mobile phone tower will create a geoelectric current through the ground like the 5G, but only to the boundaries of the compound that it's in or if it's in an open general area, it will be up to 50 metres around the tower itself, no greater than that. So that's geoelectric current going through the ground. So if you build anything within 50 metres of that tower, then the, the whole building is going to come under, um, uh, be, be full of charge and every, everyone in there be under electro, uh, geopathic stress, even though because it's coming from a tower, they think it's electromagnetic, which it is, but it's earth radiation generated. But beyond 50 metres of a compound, if there's no other cause or source of geoelectric current, then what you have is a radio frequency wave going through the air. And the radio frequency wave has no positive or negative charge. It's actually harmless. But that's 
that's something that not many people understand. And people try to refute me on that and say, oh, look, my EMF meter, which is a radio frequency meter, is going through the roof with its reading. But what I don't realize that the EMF meters, they're all built and they're calibrated down to make you make you make you think that you're in danger. But the people who sell the EMF meters, the radio frequency meters, don't tell you that, hang on, radio frequency waves at a certain distance away from the technology, which is beyond the charge field, is actually harmless. Right. So there's all this fear going around um, about, oh, look, there's a, a, a 5G tower being installed over there and it's 300 metres away from me. And I read something that says that no matter where you go, if you can see these things, that you're going to be under severe electromagnetic stress and you're going to die of cancer or something that some idea that some, someone's putting to your head. Yeah. It's actually not true. They're completely safe. Then there's this, this term called the millimetre wave. Well, we don't even have millimetre wave in Australia. And I know that because I've spoken to telcos. Like I go and knock on their doors and they, or they get curious. They come and see me and, like I had a guy at an expo in Sydney last May who was a telco who worked on the 5G installation. He came to hear me talk about 5G, thinking I was another 5G crazy. When he started hearing, to hear me talk about the two different types and one is dangerous and it's plainly obvious and one isn't, yeah. but everyone's claiming that one that isn't dangerous is. He came up to me after the, the, the talk and said, geez, I thought you were a 5G nut that you had the knowledge that we have and you actually invited me to go and to talk to his guys about my perspective as a building biologist, which is coming from outside in rather than then them all knowing their information and try and get their information out, which is not being listened to whatsoever. What are some of the symptoms that someone might show if there was too much radiation? Because, you know, as you were talking about earlier, you know, when somebody's so worried about this stuff, that can often cause symptoms or exacerbate things, make them worse, uh, just simply by that mindset. But if somebody's not really aware whether or not there's radiation in their area that's good or bad or causing a problem or not, what are symptoms that they can look for within themselves or, or the people around them to know whether or not this is a problem? It's a, that's a big, it's a really big can of worms that one. Okay. It's like a <laughs> gallon of worms. Um, the best way to answer that is you've got the sensitive people and the sensitive people that is sensitive to energy, they will generally feel it as a lethargy or like an uneasy feeling in the body um, or they'll feel it as a change of emotion. But generally, wherever your weakness is in the body, and we all have genetic or DNA weaknesses, which we get from our parents, it's hereditary, hereditary type of stuff. Mine's thyroid. Yours is heart, you know, a lot of people's stomach, some people's liver, blah, blah, blah. Wherever your weakness is, because the meridian energy to that weaker organ is being compromised and the meridian energy to that organ may have already been pre-compromised by emotion, bacteria, heavy, heavy metals, bad diet, wheat, all these other aspects which of our life that from different sources or different toxins that... We we, which we have on a daily basis, which we don't realise are good or bad. Or we know they're bad, but we keep on eating them anyway. Um, wherever your weakness is, it'll go for that, weaker, that weakest link. And so the, for the people who are not so sensitive, they might find if their weakness is digestive, digestive system, that 
um, being immersed in harmful radiation fuels for a prolonged period of time may prolong the digestive system issues because the digestive organs aren't getting the right meridian energy. And they might be trying all sorts of things to rectify that, but they're just, they're just getting nowhere. Um, people who are emotionally sensitive, but aren't aware they are, might find that when they go into different, when they go into say different buildings we have, which have higher than the normal amount of radiation, that they will, they will think differently. And that might even manifest in um, how their stomach reacts too. Like for example, I had a situation last year when I walked into a very large group of people in the shopping center and I wasn't wearing my Stella pendant, which gives me protection against the, the people radiation energy, which is a big problem these days. I'm walking through the shopping center. I'm thinking, oh, I feel really flat. I feel really depressed, but I'm not a depressed person. And I thought, oh, I'm getting a bit of reflux. Like, where's that coming from? And I went, oh, that's right. No pendant on. Oh. And I was amongst all the people in the shopping center and the penny dropped within seconds. Like, oh, that's why I'm feeling like I am. Um, but it, like, it's like some people will say, if you're the, that radiation will cause cancer. I tend to say not use that word because it's a word that creates a lot of fear in people because it's a diagnosis that you don't want to get from any doctor, from anywhere, for anything. Yeah. So if you, I don't like that you use a C word in that sense, but if you've got things going on in your body where the unhealthy cell growth is, is happening and that means the, 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 the meridian energy isn't getting to that part of the body and the meridian energy is also uh, an energy that heals the body too, keeps it healthy. So then the radiation, prolonged exposure to radiation, if you've got these things going on, isn't going to cause it to happen. It's just going to help it to run rampant. Whereas if you get yourself into a, uh, an environment that has no radiation or a, a, a bit, a, just a better energetic environment, then the, the body, the meridian energy starts to flow better and then its healing properties can be more effective in whatever else is going on in the body. Can you correct too much radiation? I mean, I know we're going to talk in a few minutes here about some of the inventions that you've created. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, that to me, without knowing too much about it, um, seems like a lot of preventative measures, almost like some blocks for the radiation but if if you've had too much radiation is the damage done or can you heal from it no no it, it, it's interesting because radiation what it initially does it causes uh electromagnetic magnetic imprints within different organs and, and different tissues of the body and by resonance and kinesiology especially by resonance um um technology that's been around for 40 50 years especially which comes out of Europe, which is vibrational medicine, is extremely good in determining where in the body these radiation imprints are. And with, with, with the use of, of um, bioresonance equipment with, it, with a, a session, so to speak, with a practitioner, all of that radiation imprinting in, in different organs in the body can actually be removed or released. If you're using a good harmonizer over a period of, four to six weeks, if you keep yourself immersed in a permanently negatively charged environment, which is a healthy supportive energy where you've got, you're not subjecting yourself to any harmful radiation whatsoever. After a while, those radiation imprints in the body 
dissipate and they 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 disappear after the, themselves over a period of time, which is really interesting because I, I I built my own bioresonance equipment, and I know that um, someone that's using been using one of our geo cleansers or our stellar domes and pendants that have been keeping them, themselves clear for a period of time. When I test them for radiation imprinting, there's nothing there. But if I test someone for, say, a parasite in the body that they may have eradicated from the body 10 years ago, the parasite would have left an energetic imprint generally in the, in the large or small intestine. And 10 years later, with bioresonance, you'd still be able to, able to pick up that parasite imprint in the, or energetic imprint in the body, even though it had been uh, physically removed with a parasite ra clearing regime 10 years beforehand. So the radiation thing, and what I'm trying to say is, this gets back to the fear of it. Okay, you don't want you want to be in the best possible environment energetically, which also supports you emotionally and then spiritually. But it's not as if you've had too much of it. It's it's the end of the world. There's nothing you can do about it. It can be can you can always be balanced out. It's always a an energetic thing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's absolutely fascinating. So you do call yourself an intuitive building biologist. So does that basically mean exactly what it says that you build things intuitively? <laughs> well, a building building biologist biologist is someone that, that goes to people's houses or buildings, offices, whatever, and we do radiation surveys. We look at the different types of radiation fields within that property, and I also look at how the people are being affected too, mm. and you, either they use EMF meters, which I don't use because they, the EMF meters don't pick up the earth radiation. Okay. They don't pick up the, the, the fissures, the water veins. They don't pick up the human-generated radiation. They don't pick up the geoelectric currents. All the big picture, most dangerous things that EMF meters don't pick up on. Um, EMF meters incorrectly read what's coming from smart meters and mobile phones, and, and they don't pick up what comes from a digital TV. So I learned a long, long, long time ago, I don't even bother with them. We bought them, we played with them. And we found that our intuitive tools were far beyond what their scope was far beyond what an EMF meter would use. So that's where the intuitive side comes in because most building biologists are trained to be like, you know, like monkey see, monkey do. See this, go in that room, yeah. whatever the reading says, well, that's dangerous, but that's not dangerous. But the EMF meters get it horribly wrong. Mm. So an intuitive building biologist, is someone who will go into a house or an office and with me, I can feel them. I just have to point and I can pick them up. I also get the people who I'm working for in the consult. I put them in different fields, good and bad, and get them to tune into it. And it takes 99.9% .9 of the people who I do that with, pick it up within two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. And they're amazed. They go, oh, wow, I didn't know I could feel that. Or I open their perception up to that. So an intuitive is someone goes along, goes around and looks at all the, all the different types of radiation fields. And I use a tool which I which is what which I showed you before, which I can't, you can't see, which is called the the biotensor. And the biotensor is basically to explain it to the listeners is a, a handle like a, any handle like like you'd have on a push bike handlebar, uh, a thin wire which is spring steel. So it's about a two millimeters thick at the most in diameter, and spring steel means it it bounces, it's springy, and the wire is about Oh, 300 millimeters long. At the end of it is a brass disc with a hole in the middle. The disc is about 20 mil in diameter and the hole in, hole in the middle is about 10 mil in di millimeter in diameter. 
it has a rim on one side and the other, but that's getting into complex cities. We don't need to go there. <laughs> but basically, how I use the biotensor is I get in the vertical motion. And when, say, for example, I was going to measure or demonstrate to someone a radiation fuel, a bioplasmic fuel over a bed caused by people who've been sleeping there in the past who have been had illnesses physically, emotionally, I would get the biotensor moving in a vertical direction. And when it gets to the charged field, which is a radiation field, it's harmful, the movement of the wire, instead of being vertical, I'll demonstrate this to you, yep. will turn around to a, horror, a, a circular movement. And then when I come out of the field, it will go back to Normal. the horizontal movement. What videos on my website where I've, I've used this, which was, the, which was a video we did in Canberra, in a 5G environment, which with the streetlights many years ago, but it was a very hurried video and it was quite hot in there. And the biotensor I was using was very, very flexible and was actually moving my hand up and down. Um, I, don't, I don't manipulate it. I let the energies manipulate it. Wow. But basically to explain it, think of a charged radiation field like wind and the ring at the end of the wire is like a sail. And I'm a sailor, so I know this, it's a great analogy. So when you're sailing, you, the wind, which is a moving air, which is like the charged field, moves in a horizontal direction. The sail picks up the wind and it's forced in a di uh, opposite direction which has been held um, to be in alignment with the wind. With the wind. So it, it gives an indication of the direction of the wind that there is a wind there, there's a charge. So the ring is... Wind, the ring is picking up the charge, which would, you would equate to being like a wind. It has an energy, it has a strength to it. Although wind is harmless and charge fields are, are harmful. So when it comes back to my term for radio frequency waves, which are harmless, they have no positive or negative charge, they're less harmful than five knots of wind, so wow. to speak. Wow. It's really a fascinating subject. I can see why you're passionate about it. There are so many different levels to go into. And I'm sure once you scratch the surface, you can just go deeper and get lost in it forever. So thank you so much for explaining it as well. It's nice to have some, some more context on these subjects. Um, I know that as the founder of Organ FX Australia, you guys create harmonizing harm harmonizing, <laughs> I just like to think about how I actually say that word, harmonizing products. So can you tell me just before we close off here, what some of those products are and, you know, maybe for our listener at home, where should they get started? Cause I think it's probably pretty overwhelming, especially when you're talking about things like, you know, biotensors and divining rods to, to kind of know where to begin. So what would you sort of advise to the listener at home? Best thing to do is from the very beginning, if, if people are, are curious and they want to know what their environment's like, or if they're overtly aware of something going on, like if there's, if there's a ghost in the house, that's a whole other energy thing <laughs> and to reality. And there's science behind it, although the, the skeptics say it's more well, woo-woo, but you know, we can the science will put them to bed. Is we offer a, a service where I, I can I do uh, online property reading where I can intuitively read the energies of their property with Google Earth. I'm not looking at you know mobile phones and where the TVs are and things like that. We're looking at the big bigger pictures with the Google Earth readings where you know, are there fishes which are, are, are very dangerous? Has there been 
a death there is a um, bioplasmic radiation is there mold in roof cavities because mold in roof cavities creates a radiation charge that projects down into the living space so the google earth reading only takes 10 minutes it costs 50 dollars, and it's actually refunded when you buy a product after that so it's in a sense free book an online reading with me and i'll do a google earth reading and i can tell you what, exactly what's going on in the general sense with, with, with your property or any property it can be home, it could be work, it could be your mother's, your father's, whoever's. And it can be anywhere in the world. Um, there's not really anywhere that Google or Google Google Maps can't actually get where I can, can read it. And you start there. And from there, I can recommend, well, here's the, here are the, the different products you need. You, need. you either need a, a stellodome for the house or a geocleanser. That depends on whether there's moles in the roof cavity or not. And then I can read their personal energy and then, you know, explain the, the different uses of the pendants, how the pendants are really good when you're out and about, especially these days where most of the people you come across are actually going to be walking very, very dangerous radiation fields. And that's a whole other thing that started last year. Um, then I can advise them, advise them if they want on what's required for say their smartwatches or their mobile phones or their laptops or, or, or give them advice on, for example, they might be worried about their smart meter or their this solar, solar power. A lot of people think from misinformation created 10 or 12 years ago that solar panels create radiation. No, they don't. It's the inverter, which sits next to your meter box, which is the radiation creator, which creates the same size radiation field as the meter box. So I can talk to them about their technology issues and give them an idea of what they need um, and where the, and and what they need to buy to fix all their different issues would, and give them also an idea of, well, it's really, really bad, or I'm honest with my readings. If I read a property that's really good, I'll say, hey, that's really, really nice, you know. But if it's, if it's really nice, you still need harmonizers because when we have the retrogrades and the solar winds, everything goes out the door. Everything gets thrown out of balance. And when we have those things going on, our stellodome and our geoclins in the house protects the property from the geoelectric currents caused by those unsettling out-of-world energetic influences. Wow. Okay. So it sounds to me like if you're interested in this stuff, which if you've listened up to this point, imagine that you are, that you do, you know, take advantage of Jared's offer there and do get yourself a reading. Jared, how can people find out more? Where can they connect with you? Is it best to go to your website, check out some of your videos and contact you from there? Yeah, our website's a great place to start, which is just orgoneffects.com, which is O-R-G-O-N-E-E-F-E-C-T-S.com. That's in orgoneffects.com. Go to the website. We've got a huge amount of blogs on there and um, uh, we started doing webinars last year because with the COVID, we weren't able to do expos. We, we normally do the, the Mind Body Spirit expos around Australia and the one in uh, Conscious Living in Perth and Body Mind Psychic in Adelaide, but that all went out the door last year. Mm. It's coming back this year. Um, but website's a great place to start. Um, the webinars are on there, as I said, they started last year. There's a lot of blogs. They're all written by me. They're not written by blog writers, which we bring in. <laughs> it's all my own sound coding in there. It's all my knowledge base in there. Um, and if got, they've got questions, they can always shoot us an email question or they can go online and they can book an online, online reading and talk to me face-to-face. -face. Um, that's why I love doing all day long is talking to people. 
I've got other people here who do all the other things. Yeah. I'm the boss, so I, I get the best job in the world. Yeah. And um, you know, as a consultant, advise people on what they do and listen to what the, their issues are. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. No, great, great to. Um, thanks for having me. It was been been fantastic. Let's do it again. Yes. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.